0: and i'm here to share it all with you so let's get started welcome to the Sing podcast brought to you from resort addy sitting poolside with a heart full of gratitude for this life i'm co-creating and able to share with you i am also known as slayer of nama slayer aka Addie b and each week i create this podcast and this content i am just amazed i try to do it out somewhere that gets me out of the adventure rv whether it's a coffee shop or pool area somewhere as this was my vision circa 2017 corporate daddy and part of what i love so much about the new lifestyle i created today and the coming weeks I'm going to leave you with some practical application to increase your yogic powers and build the life of your dreams. And as always, through sharing some of my story and of the women I lead in this process of transformation, it's my goal to inspire you to explore more on this path of self-discovery and give you some tools to do just that through learning about the Yoga Sutras in the Eight Limbs of Yoga. Now, don't turn the podcast off. It isn't just about the physical practice of yoga. This will apply to your journey of dreaming big and finding more health and heart sing in your life on all of these different paths. And I'm going to show you how it's much more than just going to a yoga mat. On my path these past few weeks, I've had a few little off-plan indulgences. I got to tell you guys, the cleaner I get in my body, mind, and spirit, I start to realize these for what they are, my discomfort with something else in my life. So I decided I need a bit of resort Addy this week to break up the years of corporate Addy programming. (laughs) Anyone else out there have one of those work personalities? I am starting to recognize Corporate Addy for what she is, a work bufferer. Instead of feeling my emotions and listening to my inner voice or eating them or drinking them, Corporate Addy works them. She just goes, goes, goes under the guise of creation, but Corporate Addy doesn't have the heart radiance. She's good and she's capable at what she does, but she's not all shiny and stuff. Any of you guys feel me on that? And I want the shine. Now, sometimes we need this energy, this get it done girl energy that corporate Addy possesses, but recognizing when I need to balance this energy before she leads me to making those small choices that don't serve me. You guys know the ones, the piece of cake here, a glass of wine there, gnocchi over here. It's all fine and dandy as long as I choose them from a space of centered awareness And truth be told, I never do those things. I don't choose them when I'm in alignment. I always choose the other way. It never fails. And this is the power of the yogic path, of becoming aligned with your inner I am, letting that inner mind guide you. You naturally want to make better choices. So we just have to get better at recognizing these things within us, such as the corporate Addy energy, and listen to our bodies when we're out of alignment. I saw this happening and I crawled onto my magic carpet in my adventure RV. And I do mean crawled. Corporate Daddy was fighting me in her work chair to just get it done. And I literally dragged her butt off the chair and onto the floor, onto that soft, cool Oriental rug, aka the magic carpet. And I got into child's pose. I stretched out and I just asked, how can I serve? How can I best show up? And I started to weep. I allowed these emotions to process and just listen for what was next to that voice that is inside that already knows and has the answers for me, that inner guidance system, our intuition. When I let the ego take over and by ego, I mean, the things we play in life, the roles we play, like corporate daddy, Slayer, Mom, Guide, Sister, Daughter, all of these are roles that are attached to our ego. And sometimes I just need that ego out of the way. It gets a little too big and I can't hear my inner mind. And I want to be guided from that inner light of awareness, not my ego. When my ego's in control, it's not quite as shiny, fun, or full of love. As I allowed these emotions to just sweep over me and finally came to rest to listen to that inner mind, which is always there, but so much easier to hear when I'm still. When I allow her to be heard, which I'm doing more and more as I build this connection through these paths I'm going to share with you. And the voice was clear, commit to my health path and the rest will follow. And for me, I know that fueling my body, mind and soul is, it's all key, all of it. And fueling it with food that lights me up, that gives me energy, that serves my body. It serves me on a cellular level. Our bodies are recreating themselves in each moment. And food is what it creates with. And with beverages that hydrate my body and my soul, with practices that help me live in gratitude each day and reach that place of heart radiance. So I commit it. And I rewrote my 90 day plan and my me first guide to achieve my 90 day weight loss goal, even though I was off track. And I went to the mattresses, as they say in the Godfather, I pulled out all the guns in my recommitment to this future version of me, which is reflected in the data on the scale, because it's a reflection of a process to my healthy body, mind, and soul. They're all connected. Those guns in my recommitment included going live to be accountable to the world on Facebook and those in the me first sisterhood that know my journey intimately. So they too can see me rising up. I make sure they see all of these parts of it because even though I might've been out of sorts for a bit, doesn't mean the end goal isn't getting achieved. It just means I get back up again, that that wasn't the right path. I learn another lesson. I get up and go over and over again. I remove judgment, learn, adjust, and move on. So I recommitted it again, no flour, no sugar, no wine, because I want to shine. I want to radiate. I'm also telling you here on this podcast about my goal of 174.4 by the end of the 90 days. So that'll be the end of June and I'll be a mere 12 pounds away from my impossible weight loss goal of 162. I'm 5'9", so I've had well over 100 pounds lost. I weighed myself one point at around 300 pounds, I think, in 2017, but officially at a doctor's office at like 288 in February 2018, when I had been meditating for a bit and started down the path already. But really, guys, does it matter? 100, 110, 120 pounds is not like a contest, right? Does any of it matter, though? Are you thinking... How do you blend all of these numbers and goal achievement with a spiritual path? My desire with this series is to show you through my journey and as we explore these next few weeks, how this journey of self-discovery that has been guided by my weight loss quest is exactly that, a spiritual journey. I'm making choices that keep me living in love and feeling my emotions and not eating, drinking, or working them. I'm making choices better for long-term health and wellness and creating habits that allow me to find the stillness and listen to that voice that already knows everything I need to know. What about you? Do you make better choices when you are being mindful? Through these practices, I'm going to share with you in this series we started last week about the eight limbs of yoga, the Patanjali, the ancient sage from India, as we talked about in the last episode, Patanjali left us this guidance system to that magic inside in the yoga sutras. And this is from somewhere back between 500 BC and 200 AD. The only thing you need to practice yoga is a willingness to change. So if you can open your mind, try and learn new things and have a desire to turn inward, you're already on this path of yoga. As I mentioned earlier, yoga is not just being on a yoga mat and exercise. Indeed, that's a small part of it. And one of the eight paths to yoga, but it encompasses so much more and you are already in the midst of it. So what is yoga then? Yoga is a science. Its purpose is to connect us to that magic inside. It promotes a life of kindness, love, and peaceful joy. Yoga comes from the Sanskrit word yuj, which means join, but it's even more about connecting, connecting your consciousness with yourself. In this place, we calm the mind and the heart. This mind-heart connection called the chitta is key to having the guidance from our inner light and not our ego, that inner mind we want to use. We can use any and all of these eight limbs on our path of yoga, and I'm going to recap them for you quickly here, and then we're going to discuss just the first one in today's episode. So picture eight circles radiating out from a center inner circle. So each layer, each circle's layered and larger in circumference- From the circle before it, as if they're stacked inside each other. I'll post a picture of this in the Facebook group, in the HeartSing Podcast Facebook group, to give you guys a visual of that. Today, we're going to start the journey with the outermost circle, the largest, called the Yamas. The Yamas are guidelines of social aspects of our lives and how we interact with others. And this is the limb we're going to go into detail later and how you can apply these things to affect your health and some practices you can put in place in increasing your awareness. As I recap each of these other seven limbs really quick, just keep in mind that there's no one path to self-actualization. It's a combination of these paths that lead us to get there and we can enter at any point. And it's life-changing stuff, you guys. After the yamas, the second limb is known as the niyamas, which like the yamas, there are five of, but whereas the yamas are about what's outside of us, the niyamas take the practice inward and it talks about our self-care. So hello habits. I'm sure we will be getting into discussing that next week. We're going to have to bust out my habit guru personality for that one. Asana yoga is the third limb, and this is the one you probably know as yoga, the physical postures of it. But did you know that the intent of asana yoga, the postures, is to prepare the body for sitting in meditation for long periods of time? I personally had no clue about any of this until a couple of years ago, and I was already on the path without even knowing, not just with the postures, which I did infrequently at best. But with all of this, and you will see yourself in some of these too as we move forward, the fourth limb of yoga is pranayama or the breath, the life force, mastering our breath that leads us to still the mind and again, prepares us for the practice of being able to focus and get into meditation. And the fifth limb is pratyahara and has to do with withdrawing from the five senses The sixth limb, dharana, where you choose to focus on and learn how to focus your mind. And then the seventh limb, dhyana, where we master that ability to focus. And finally, the eighth limb, samadhi. And this is where our consciousness becomes the object, where we are one, where we reach self-actualization, realization that we are all in everything and is in us. We are one and reach freedom here. It's in this place, this center of the circle where we reach that infinite field of possibilities. We become, perhaps reach isn't even the proper word that implies we're seeking to attain something. And in this practice, we don't want to seek, we want to allow. It's a discovery of self, of what you have just forgotten, of taking you back to that place of what you already are because you already are whole. And it's in this place where we find that. And as we practice in each area, we lessen the fog that's keeping us from seeing this being we are and have always been that brings us to that freedom. And we can see it more clearly. So this, my friends, is the path that takes us on the journey to discover that answer to those age old questions. (laughs) Who am I? What is my purpose? Why am I here? How can I serve? All of these are answered as we experience stillness of being. Now that you have the overview of the other limbs, let's dig into that first limb and how the heck this stuff from 500 AD applies to you in 2021. I know, crazy, right? (laughs) This outermost circle, and note that it's also largest in circumference, which is where the first limb is, is called the Yamas. And the Yamas are said to be the foundation of all of the other limbs. Yama is most commonly translated as the rules of social behavior. I personally like the word guidelines because of that rebel thing I have going on, but do whatever works for you. Whatever word you want to sub in there for guidelines, rules, um, giving us that path to take our practice deeper. And these give us that way to self-reflect and work on how we're engaging with others to bring awareness to it. And there's five yamas. I'm going to break down each of them and how you can work with them in your day-to-day life and probably already are in every aspect. You're already a yogini. You just didn't even know it. So these yamas are ahisma, which is practicing nonviolence, satya, which is truthfulness, esteya, non-stealing, brahmacharya, moderation, and aparigraha or non-hoarding. Are you thinking, come on, Slayer, what the heck does this have to do with weight loss or reaching my goals? It's okay if you are. Just hang in there, my dear friend. It's my intention to illustrate just how it all comes together and open your mind Perhaps to a path of achieving the health and dreams you've always wanted in a way you haven't even contemplated yet. And fast, most likely you haven't because had you contemplated it, you probably would already be doing it. I know, big promises here on the Heart Sing podcast. <laughs> I aim to serve you know. <laughs> okay, first up, these yamas. Let's get at them. The ahizma. So hīsmā means violence, which comes from greed, anger, attachment, and this can be a great cause of suffering for our, ourselves and others. The a before the hīsmā means non, so therefore a hīsmā means non-harming, non-violence, or freedom from harming. You might be thinking, Ah, say I don't harm people. I got, I got this one. And in the sense, you might not be beating people up for a living. This might hold true. But let's take a deeper look at ways we cause harm and how we can amplify our vibe by becoming more aware, which takes us into that field where we can better create these lives of our dreams. In this, you're going to increase your awareness, which is absolutely a superpower. And once we can become that observer of all things, and most importantly, ourselves, we can affect true transformation and go from living in fear to living in love. What we think, say, and do matters. That's the bottom line here in Ahisma and all the Yamas really. Often we think we're not harming others because we aren't taking physical action against them. But if you've started to realize the power of your own thoughts, you probably already know this isn't true. Your thoughts can cause feelings and energy in your body. And when we vibrate a negative energy, we give that in our field to others and to ourselves. Just thinking a negative thought in a way is causing harm. Does this mean we should try to shut these down and suppress all these thoughts? No, because then we get bottled up. This is part of our experience we need to work through. It means we become more aware of these negative thoughts and we work to improve them. This journey is a process of self-improvement, self-discovery. So stay open and for crying out loud, don't beat yourself up when you see yourself beating someone else up. You're just adding to that pile of negative energy in your body. So instead, step back, put on your scientist hat and reflect when you see it happen. I did this just the other day, you guys, as much as I've been learning and doing shadow work about judgment and realizing myself and everyone, I saw myself talking to a friend about another friend. And in my mind, I was being kind about it. You know how we do this, you guys, right? Like one of those bless her heart moments. As I was writing this episode, that moment washed over me in a hot flash of shame. And as I was talking about this front, I knew I shouldn't be, that it was harmful. That It would hurt her feelings if she hurt it. And I don't want to hurt people. I would venture most of us do this on some level and none of us really want to set out to hurt others. The trick is to catch ourselves and get better. A good rule of thumb is not to say anything you wouldn't say in front of that person, right? (laughs) Like, like I wasn't doing, then you level it up and you try not to think anything you wouldn't not think in front of them. And we do that through awareness, right? So try this, you guys, we're going to take one day that everything you think, say, and do is being recorded. How would you act and think differently if it was being watched? And can you be that watcher? So try that for a day. I'm going to recap some of these hints for you back at the end, some of these exercises. So make sure you hang in for that. I'm going to break them down for you. But that's a really good one just to increase that awareness throughout your day. And what does this have to do with your weight loss and goals? I mean, everything. Because guess who else you're talking to that way? Most likely yourself. And does speaking for yourself unkindly ever get you anywhere? I mean, not unless you power through it with some knuckle-biting willpower. No, Addie will not eat that. How about we try to live more in love and speak and act kindly and want to treat ourselves with the same respect? When we judge others, we are full of self judgment as well. And we are striving to become this observer so that we can affect change in our lives and live in more love. So as I was speaking to this friend of mine, I felt bad. And I even mentioned it to the other friend. I'm like, I shouldn't be even saying this. It was negative energy and not needed. And had the other friend heard, she would have been hurt. And so in essence, I was causing harm. And here I was giving that negative energy to this other friend I was sharing with. So when you see yourself gossiping or doing things like that, just stop yourself and observe. It's my goal to get better and better at doing this, of living in love and kindness, which brings us to the other part of Ahisma, which is about nonviolence as loving kindness. Understanding that as a result of all past experiences, when someone acts from a space of unkindness or with negative consequences, this is all about what they've experienced in their life that led them to that moment. So when we can remove that person from the action and realize they're not the ego, they're just like us. We are the same when we can look at the situation with love, regardless of the act We can see past this into the light, into the light within them, and we can act with loving kindness. We are responsible for how we show up in the world. And of course, this is a practice. And one of my favorite things I've done on this journey is to do shadow work, which I also lead in some of the groups now, as I think it's such a powerful part in the transformation process. And you can absolutely do this on on your own at home. I did originally back at the beginning of my journey in 2018 with the book by Debbie Ford, which I still use to this day and with my groups, The Dark Side of the Light Chasers. And I will link this for you in the show notes. If you do this, make sure you do the exercise at the end of each chapter and go through the process. The magic is in doing the work in the self-discovery of this. And Debbie leads us in this book through this process of uncovering your shadows. These parts of us we've been taught to pack away because they aren't acceptable or they're bad or not good, or we have all these labels for them, or we learn through behavior, but that they weren't going to be rewarded. Oh, I shouldn't be loud in class. So I'm going to go lock down loud, loud Addy away and seek another path. Meanwhile, one of my zone geniuses being loud. Don't you guys agree? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Sometimes I got to put her back in that closet. But, you know, I shut her away for a long time. And we learn through this process, Debbie takes us through, as you meet your deepest self, that these shadows are often where those gifts are. But we also see them in judgments of others. When you see yourself judging another person, it's usually a reflection right back at you. You've probably heard that phrase. If you point one finger forward, you have three pointing right back at you. And that is this as you are talking about others or judging them, regardless how bad you think the act is or they are or whatever it is, you are judging yourself. We are all in all. You are in me and I am in you. And once we realize that we all have the same capabilities, that we could be that person too if our situations were different, then it opens us up to a level of empathy, compassion, and love that we never had before. Take, for example, something as serious as someone that has committed rape of another person and something most of us would agree, hopefully all of us, that is wrong and harmful to others. And... Let's say now you learn that this person that had raped and maybe beaten someone else, they had grown up having that done to them every single day of their lives since they were born. And if you think of your life and if you had grown up in that environment, could it be possible that you could have grown up to be a rapist too? And think on that for a minute. I don't like to take it to such a morbid place, but I think it's a a great way to bend the mind a little bit to be like, wow, you know what? Had I been beaten and hurt like that my whole life, would I be a different person? Yes, most likely. Could I find more compassion for someone in that situation having understand that? Yes. And you know, that's really up for you to decide, but it's a good thing to kind of think and contemplate as you see yourself judging. And maybe not even to that, Extreme. That's a pretty extreme example. But when you see yourself judging others, step back and just say, they are not this ego self, this identity I see. They're light inside, just like me. They just had a different path to get here. It puts us in that observer mode where we can come from that compassion and love, regardless. And it's in that love within you that you raise your vibration and your love for everything, for humanity, for your life, for what you're creating. So do this tomorrow as you're observing what you think, say, and do all day. Step back and ask yourself, if you have the same life, the same history, could you be the same way as that person as you see yourself judging people? And it also puts us in the driver's seat of our lives and thoughts. And don't you want to be driving your life where you happen to life and it doesn't happen to you? As you become more aware of these thoughts and the impact you have on the world around you, you step out of victim mode. It puts you in the seat as the creator, the co-creator of this life. No more walking around, poor me, this is what happened in my life, so I'm this person. You realize you can generate and create whatever you want in this life and you just keep getting up over and over as you improve. And you can generate all the positivity, light, and love you want as you practice these tools and you dive deeper, even doing things like shadow work. You're going to increase this vibe and this capability as you open your heart. And guess what the side effects to that are, you guys? More joy, happiness, and bliss in your life. When you are free of judgment, you can live in more heart saying. And guess what happens to your weight loss and life goals as you find more joy? Doors open, magic paths appear before you. Yes, you must act, but now you're doing so from love, and the universe will respond accordingly. So let's move on to the second guideline of the yamas, satya. Satya is the practice of being truthful with yourself and others. So remember we want to keep our chitta clear so we have a better heart-mind connection, right? And living in honesty with ourselves and others that this starts to clear. So being honest with others, you're releasing that energy. And if you're holding back truth, it can build up and cause blockages and cloudiness. Now, of course, you probably aren't going to walk around seeing every little thing that's on your chest. We need to determine if it has the potential to be harmful to another and which one carries greater weight. You know, is it, is it harmful or is it true? Is it both? Does it need to be said? And ask yourself, are you avoiding being honest, having honest conversations with people because they're difficult? And then think about those times you had hard conversations or you told the truth when it was hard, but you felt like a huge burden was lifted off you. Can you think of a time that you did that? Where else are you holding back and where is it building up? Sometimes I'll get these things out in my magic morning pages where I let that stream of conscious writing flow from that space of truth. And it's in this safe place right on my paper that I determine if that's enough to get it out. Am I clear or is more action needed to, for my vibration to be okay around this topic? And sometimes speaking about the situation in groups of like-minded people can be helpful. When we do work like the shadow work in groups, we can really release a lot of that burden within ourselves too. For example, one of my clients in a group had stolen a pack of gum from a store when she was like around eight or something, and she'd been carrying around this feeling of being a thief for 40 years and didn't even realize it. It came up as she saw herself being especially triggered by any reference to theft or being called a thief, and noticed she was really judgmental of that in particular. And as she shared with the group as she was uncovering these things, she she felt this burden left. And obviously she couldn't go back and make amends to the store from 40 years ago. It wasn't even there. And no one would care at this point anyway. So in this case, uncovering the truth was uh, for her to be true to herself and sharing that honesty with others. She was able to move through the process. And she now has more compassion and understanding for others, recognizing this shadow she had buried inside herself. And in that moment, She saw, she knew she was capable of being a thief too, that that quality was in her. And think about your interpretation of things too. Start to question what is true. Can't we all be all things? Couldn't we be? Aren't we capable? And we can have the same conversation and come away with completely different takes on it too. And as you're building trust and integrity with yourself, ask yourself these, what actually happened? Like if a video recorder was there, what would be seen? And then you ask yourself, what do you think happened? Your truth, which might not actually be what happened according to the video, because it's colored by your experience, right? And how do you communicate what happens? So how do you do it when you take the time to reflect like that. Making these choices to become the better observer and releasing judgment will put you on that path to living in more light, love and having better relationships with yourself and others. Do you guys remember that movie from the late 90s called The Truman Show with Jim Carrey where there like his whole life is a TV show 24/7. It's a movie set and he didn't know. I think about this show quite a bit actually where you know, he's, it's all out there and hit like his whole life and the whole world is watching and he didn't even know it. But what if your life was like that? What if everyone could see everything? Would you change how you act? Would you change how you think and behave? Would you roll through that drive through for that double QP with cheese and a milkshake? Think about this with your food plans. The more times we show up for what we say we'll do, the more we start to believe and trust ourselves that we will show up for ourselves, that we start to believe we're capable to lose weight, start the business, get the house, whatever the dream is. Not only does living in truth up your vibe, but it has massive impact on your life as you apply it. It inevitably rolls back to you and your habits, of course. Now, this third yama is a steia or freedom from stealing or non-stealing. And you might be thinking here, oh good, I don't steal, I'm off the hook. (laughs) That's what I thought too, except, well, let's dig in here a little bit. Because stealing can come in many forms as we learn in the yoga sutras. And it comes from a feeling of lack from limiting beliefs of not being good enough. And it's said that desires and wants are cause for stealing. And it's our goal to release desires and wants, to release attachment to things. When we hold judgment for others, we are stealing their confidence and freedom. Think about that. Have you ever shot someone's dream down or even thought to yourself, there's no way she can do that. She's not smart enough, thin enough, pretty enough, whatever enough. And be honest with yourself. There's no shame in this. It's in the awareness we Grow, and you're not alone. What about yourself? Are you limiting yourself by playing it safe, by not trying new things and staying in your comfort zone? If so, are you not stealing a field of infinite possibilities from yourself? This is why starting to dream big, to step into fear is such a big part of this process. Your potential is unlimited. And in seeking your heart's desire without coveting others' possessions and progress is key because you stay in love and get to that light of awareness, which is, of course, where we create all the magic from. So stop stealing other people's dreams and your own start wondering, what if, what can I create? Oh my gosh, the world has full of infinite possibilities. Let's light it up. So then we move on to the fourth yama, the brahmacharya. And this is often translated as celibacy. <laughs> Listen, don't freak out and shut me off. No one here is suggesting you never have sex again. Okay. Brahmacharya actually means moving into infinity. And it's sad that it's a result of, it's a result of the experience and not the action itself, that to practice this now, we can work in moderation with this, right? So how do we apply this to life? Because I don't need a slew of divorces from you guys all going into celibacy on my hands. (laughs) Listen, what we do is we get into habits with this. We, we pick, pick anyone that you might do in excess. And it doesn't necessarily just have to be about sex, you know. So it could be overeating, over drinking, social mediaing, over shopping, whatever habit you find yourself over indulging in and start to work on moderation. It's in that process that we start to conserve energy so that we can use it for self-discovery on our journey. I definitely saw this in my weight loss journey as my food has gotten cleaner and cleaner. I have so much more energy to spend on creating. I don't, not only do I feel better and I feel lit up and light and energetic, but I don't spend hours on end thinking about what I'm going to eat. When and where am I going to eat it? I don't plan events around food. Sometimes I don't even remember to eat. I know. Who am I? I don't don't know either. I'll tell you this much. I was on a yogic path and didn't even know it. How about you? Are you starting to think you're on one too? Do you want to dive in a little bit more? The fifth and final yama is aparigraha or non possessiveness. Let's sum this one up to let it go. I'm reading one of the central yogic texts called the Bhagavad Gita, in which Lord Krishna shares one of our most important lessons. So sit tight for this one. Let your concern be with the action alone and never with the fruits of the action. Do not let the results of your action be your motive, and do not be attached to inaction. This, my friends, I work on this daily. Often this will be one of my mindset tools I put into my daily plan in the me first guide and I just call it allow and I write down all these things I'm going to do to allow just the creation to flow like this podcast, just releasing it as I hit the button, having my intention such inspire you to meditate. And of course, find other ways to find more love and joy in your life and reach ultimately heart sing and your biggest goals of your life. So I have this intention I go in with, but my attention or my action is writing and then recording the podcast. It's in that moment. And then I have to release it and let it go to not concern myself with what happens on the other side of that, but to know my motive was pure and I did take action. So whatever comes from this creation is to be seen. And I have to let that go. I birth the creation, put it in the world, and let it go. And this is why it's so important to keep myself in alignment so I can create from that space where the chitta is in balance, where my heart-mind connection is so strong, I can speak my truth and share it with you. In summary, don't be concerned with the outcome. It causes us to worry, which leads to suffering, as Patanjali tells us. Live now with abundance and love and do it. Do it with all your heart and let go. Feel the joy and just creation of itself. Do it for the love of doing it. And we find happiness in the creation and not things. And this brings us to minimalism. To not be seeking happiness in things, having less clutter leads to less attachment and a clearer mind. So look around your home even. Do you have things you never use? Do you have things in the car you've never cleaned out? Do you have things that don't bring you joy, that are taking up energy from you that you could be using to create and uncover your magic? Take stock around you. Start to clear some space. In your mind, each day, clear space with your journaling and self-coaching. And in your home's Let go of clutter and attachment to things and in your life in general, clear attachment to food, clear attachment to media you mindlessly consume and in people even, and the, the need for people to provide you happiness, clear space from inside you to be happy from within. And as you clear that space and you make more and more room for that light to expand with you, be prepared, get ready. Get ready to light this world up. And that, my friends, concludes the first limb of yoga. And can you see how it relates on your path to health and wellness? I'm going to sum up a few of the action points here for you that you could take from this podcast. And please hop in the free HeartSing Podcast Facebook group where we talk about this during the week. And I'm actually going live for the month of May every Friday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific time to talk about the podcast from the week before. So hop in and join in the fun and learn and share and put your knowledge into action. A few of the tips you can take from this episode and put into action. Pick one day to pretend you're on your own Truman Show where everything you do is observed by others. You're on TV and level it up and pretend they can even see your thoughts. How does it change how you live for that day? Maybe order a copy of The Dark Side of the Light Chasers by Debbie Ford and do the exercises in there as you uncover your shadows and learn to release judgment of yourself and others. Pick a habit to work on slaying so that you can get energy for creation. You're going to free up some of that, ta- that time and space and energy. So maybe start a journaling practice with that time. Get your truths out on paper. Two for one there. Bada bing, bada boom. Work on honoring your plans from a space of building trust with yourself, of showing up for yourself. Getting into satya, the yamas. If you see yourself gossiping, acknowledge it. Acknowledge that ahisma. Stop and reflect how you can improve next time and live with empathy. See how much joy, light, and love you can harness and create this week. Next week on your yoga path journey, we are going to take a dive inside with the niyamas and take it into self-application a bit deeper. I'm quite sure that inner habit guru is going (laughs) to come up next episode. And I can't thank you all enough for sharing the podcast, your reviews and your love. It makes my heart sing. In fact, one of the listeners, a new listener that found me over on Spotify, I think she said um, that I am her new joy noise in the morning as she takes her walk. And I just love that. I'm like, Heather, thank you so much. Like That's one of the best compliments in my life to be a joy noise. I will take it all day long. So if you guys are so called, please take a few minutes and leave a review if you haven't already. It really helps the podcast get noticed and we can spread more light and love to the world together. And listen up. I am starting to teach meditation outside my private group soon. So if you want in on the list for those free intro talks, hit the link in the show notes. I'll go straight to my meditation page to get you on that list to be the first to know when you can learn to meditate with me. And I'll be teaching men as well as the ladies. So guys, don't be shy. I know there's a lot of you out there listening and all right. I can't wait to see you back next week where we're going to talk all about these niyamas. Thank you so much, yo yoginis and yogis for listening to the Heart Sing podcast. Until next week, my witches and bitches, Slayer out.